You're listening to The Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in Leuven. Good morning. Oh, well, it's actually good afternoon. <laughs> You're listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Welcome. This is Ron, your host for today. Thank you again for joining us. We have a great show for you today. But before we continue, let me introduce my co-host for today. Welcome back, Alexia. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm very happy to be here again today. I co-hosted some weeks ago, and I'm super happy to be here with Ron again for this Belgium special edition, really. Uh, as I have French Health Belgium, it's going to be really exciting to listen to our guests today. Wow, that's really, uh, I mean, I'm excited. I know at least one of them who is in our program, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's good to know. But <clears throat> I know the other one, uh, your friend, who's yeah. a political scientist. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We did our uh, bachelor together in, uh, well, I will introduce him in a, in a few minutes. But yeah, he did a uh, politi- uh, study in political sciences at Karelöven too. So, you know, born and raised Belgian. Uh, we will have his opinion too on uh, Belgian politics. Really? <laughs> That's good though. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And thank you, Alexia. And again, we're looking forward to speaking with our guests today, hear what they have to say, but also uh, talk about Belgium. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's get started. But let's take, uh, let's take a music break first. And here's a song from one of my favorite bands, uh, Tudor Cinema Club from Ireland. Nice. <laughs> Come back home. <laughs> we'll be right back. Game. I know this isn't it 
Hello, hello. Welcome back. You're listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Again, welcome, back. welcome back. Thank you again. Thanks for the listening to us. And of course, we're not just here to talk. We're also here to discuss the contents of The Voice Absolutely. online. Absolutely. What do you have for us, Ron? So right now, The Voice has new articles available. And here are some of the articles that I could share with you today. Mm-hmm. Open Door, Open Gym by Nick Johnston. And it's a very interesting uh, interesting concept because, well, it opened back in September 2016 by a group of enthusiastic volunteers out of recycled uh, materials. Amazing. So check it out online. So oh, check it out. Online. Yeah, check it out online, the article. But it's worth going. And I think I've heard people have been there too. Oh, really? So it's gym which uses like recycled material as object of training? Or? Yes, yes. I think also donated... Uh, weights, if I may say so. And there's ah. also DJs there. Oh, that's really nice. Yes. So you can train and be ecological at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, hey, it's the new web of the future, right? Yeah, exactly. So. We should also integrate these kind of things in every aspect of our lives. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, the, well, the other thing is 2019, the year of the periodic table by David Salazar Marcano. And apparently, according to David, it is not the year of the dog the horse, or the dragon. And if you want to know why, check it out online. And I, So, Chinese Zodiac me. is wrong? I, apparently, I've never heard of it because, hey, I, I'm as, as baffled as you are. So, it's apparently, it's worth take, uh, checking out. Yeah, I think so too. And you really then realize how, you know, um, time is really subjective. Exactly. Uh, it's really culture-related uh, and religion-related too. So, <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. Yeah, it, it's worth. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And then, um, you got to tell me a, li- a little bit bo- uh, more about this because I want to share this again. Why does it rain in Belgium by Philip <laughs> Lepoutre? <laughs> Why does I tried it... to pronounce his last name, but I know he's going to kill me for saying it yeah, wrong. Yeah, probably. But, and since the summer is upon us and we are located in Belgium, mm-hmm. I figure I share this article and to again to help us prepare for what the weather would be like this summer. What do you think? About how the weather will be this summer? <laughs> about know. why Belgium might always rain in Belgium? <laughs> it's in it. Uh, well, it really depends, right? Uh, I guess, did he do like some kind of scientific research on that, isn't it? Isn't that his approach? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I don't know how he did it, but he's, um, I forgot, he's a physicist or a chemist. I think he's a chemist. Ah. And oh, no, no. He's an engineer. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Philip. He's an engineer. <laughs> He's an engineer. Yeah, you need to so. listen to that. Exactly. Can he also look into a solution for this? <laughs> I would really appreciate that too. I don't know. I, I, I guess I have to know. But we'll see what happens. Sure. But, I mean, look, it's so nice right now on a Friday, and yet we're here inside the studio. But, of course... Enjoying ourselves, obviously. Enjoying ourselves as well. So, we're not just having fun. We're also doing... A service to people, I think. Wow, that's putting it in a very broad terms. <laughs> <Exactly>. Our mission <laughs> on the right. voice. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, of course, there are more fascinating contents available. So just go online and uh, please check them out. If you can wait a bit longer, our new edition adi- uh, is coming soon. Watch out for it. And I'm really excited to hear about our music. So hmm, to, to hear about our... What was that? our music and we have one here right now by Tom Waits Hard Rain Coming Down On Me and here it is see you in a bit
coming down on me Trying to start a fire on the muddy banks of the Mississippi In the rain Baby, life is strange Now you reach for a quarter and he stands on the corner And he screams out for some change And nobody looks but everybody sees And everybody feels ashamed And the rain rolls over and a dog rolls over And he rolls his hands to the sky And the nuns in numbers knock their nails in Like a blackbird and a blackberry pie Says, son, it happens every day Call it running from the rain Well, it's a rain of thunder, it's a rain of fear It's a busted open bottle of Rainier beer It reaches from the sky like a blackbird in a blackberry pie That's why And everybody's running and umbrellas are popping And reflections take over the street And the blood is free now and it floats to the sea now and the man says, I'll see him again Says, son, it happens every day Call it running from the rain Well, she turned her back as he spackled the crack And the paint just peeled away And she thought she knew him But an autumn leaf blew And then it blew what she knew of him away And she's counting numbers But she lost the light So now she thaws out cube stick with a red flashlight Heads turning like a doorknob Eyes burning like a camp log What do you think of that? Says, son, it happens every day Call it running from the rain She's gone for good, you should know by now She ain't coming back anyhow And a love to her is a love that's thrown away And it's over Is it over? No, not yet, not yet. We still have many okay. more minutes to go. <laughs> well, you're the voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Welcome back to our show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. So we're going to introduce the topic of today. Yes, please do. Well, the topic is actually, we wanted to do a Belgium special. Um, it is actually very much linked to what is coming upon us in May, the elections that are going on in this country. And we thought to ourselves, well, how well do the international students actually know Belgium and all about its background in general? It's really important to, to understand these kind of structures we have politically and socially to understand what will be going on in May. Right, Ron? Yeah, um, I mean, I know some things about Belgium, I guess, but <laughs> not as much. I know chocolate, yeah. waffles, yeah. beer. But, of course, there are things that I should know more about Belgium, right? Yeah, we want to bring that to the next level. <laughs> right? <That's laughs> Go a little bit about food, because <laughs> there are so many nice things to see and to talk about. Um, but, yeah, so, Ron, actually, you were the one who kind of worked on the topic first uh, when you came up with it. Um, what was your inspiration when you started with it, with the topic? I don't know. Um, I think because in the past episode, we always talk about international content. Mm -hmm. And I figure we live in Belgium. I think we should try something about it and talk about it because not maybe not a lot of people would know the kind of things that our guests will uh, will talk about. So I think it's important to bring that up. And at least that's my opinion and I want to see what the uh, what the others will uh, will say and get an idea of the con uh, the kind of things that um, they will talk about. I know one of them uh, is going about uh, is going to talk about Congo education and the colonialism. I think. Oh yeah, very much yeah. related to Belgian past, right? Exactly. 
And uh, yeah, our second guest, which I will be interviewing, but we will be all together on that uh, topic, is about Belgian politics in general. So yeah, we will quickly cover some basic things about Belgium, how it is organized, but we will also be a little bit more controversial and speak about political and cultural differences between the two main big groups, which we have the Flemish and the Walloons. Um, we also have Brussels and the German-speaking part, sorry. Uh, but yeah, the, the focus is very much um, put on these two groups, and which is why we want to discuss that. Uh, you will see it's it's a really interesting topic. Everybody, I mean, it's easy to follow and actually it will teach you a lot in uh, quite some uh, small amount of time I think so yeah I, I think I'm excited about that and the one thing I'm looking forward to is um, one of my theses uh, well not one of my one of my theses I only have one Your thesis, thesis. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you only have one <laughs> I have one thesis and it's about uh, EU or oh, EU yeah. identity but I'm curious about what, the, what our guests will uh, say and also give us an idea of what Belgium is like and of course in terms of politics mm. you guys don't don't you guys have what three types of government is that correct it's a bit more complicated than that <laughs> right. uh, as Domin will explain um, we have a federal and we have a, and the regional level and even on communities but this will be quickly explained later by Domin so I'm not going to go much to that the only I would just say that um, what I think which is very nice with this topic today is that well not only yeah you will know some some more basic stuff about Belgium but a bit also just just basics also to help you understand more complicated topics in politics too yeah um, also well most most people here what I've been living in Belgium for some time will know that you know we don't speak Belgian which is something I think as a Belgian I've heard so many times <laughs> um, and uh, yeah it's it's all into this idea yeah. um, oh, no no I'm excited to know and I think that's something I think that'll be worth it for us and I'm looking forward to it yeah but soon. but sorry go ahead no, yeah. no. well before we uh, we get started and before we bring them up and before they come on show let's take a break yeah. and this is one song from Sharon Jones this land is our land right right perfect is it, is perfect. it our perfect. land <laughs> See ya. Oh, we'll be right back this land is your land
Welcome back. You are listening to The Voice on Radio 106 FM. Welcome we are back. still here. Thank you. And of course, we have our first guest for today. Thank you for coming. Marie Makur. Makur. Yes, thank, thank you for you. having me. Well, can you tell me uh, about yourself a little bit? So my name is Marie Makur, as you already mentioned, and I am a Belgian student in Dutch program of Maas. Um, that's how we, we met, I guess. Uh, and I'm here to tell you more about the uh, dark page in um, in the Belgian history. It's the colonial past of the former Belgian colony of Congo. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm... Well, that's, that's why thank I'm you. Here. That's really interesting. Well, can you tell me more about your topic? So, the, I first give you a little bit of information on Congo. So, Congo was a Belgian colony uh, after the Berlin Conference in 1885 uh, till 1960, and then it gained its independence. And it was first under the uh, reign of King Leopold II, who used the colony to basically exploit all the natural resources uh, to make a lot of profit out of it, make a lot of money out of it. But unfortunately, Unfortunately, this was at the expense of the um, native inhabitants of the Congolese. Uh, he committed a lot of atrocities there. Um, uh, there were many people who were killed, who were murdered. There were a lot of mutilation. There were hands that were cut off if they didn't meet the quota of pr production. And uh, international instances, they 
we're in becoming increasingly uh, skeptical on yes. all these practices. And then the Belgian government eventually took over the colony, so it was not longer in the hands of King Leopold II. Yeah. Uh, but unfor unfortunately, the circumstances did not really improve for the Congolese. Yeah. The Belgians, they kind of put a civilizing mission for the Congolese, mainly to education. So they regarded the Congolese as barbaric, primitive creatures, not really human beings yeah. as such, um, as opposition to the Belgians, who were then the superior white race. Yeah. Um, so well, that's no, no, what they did. Yeah, but then why did why didn't people react at that time? Well, people basically didn't know. The Belgian people didn't know because there was a lot of disinformation, fake news, so so to say, coming from the Belgian government. A lot of propaganda. Also, they said to the people, um, to the Belgian people, well, it's our moral duty as a superior race to educate and to these Congolese people or Congolese creatures, because if we do so, we could no, not only use them for our labor, but they would also stop, um, well, killing each other or doing yeah. cannibalism or all these things, which is how they regarded the Congolese at the time. They had a rich imagination, I think, of a country <laughs> yeah. they never visited. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting then. Um, I, I think the other question I want to ask is, what, well, Why is this topic, or why is it such a heated topic at the moment? And I, I think I've heard some kind of news uh, story about it before. Well, it wasn't actually a widely discussed issue for a very long time. I mean, in fact, it was rather like swept under the rug or so for many years, which already indicates a rather controversial approach of the Belgian government. Mm -hmm. Uh, however, well, the colonial pause gained renewed attention from the wider public as well as from the official instances when the Africa Museum in Tervuren reopened its doors earlier in 2018 after it has clo it was closed for five years for a renovation. So the reopening of the Africa Museum um, sparked the debate of how Belgium should deal with its colonial past and whether the Africa Museum... Um, was an improvement of the former because the former was actually put in place by King Leopold II to actually show um, foreign investors what Congo and had to offer in terms of resources and such. But unfortunately, Congo, the African Museum never really let go of that colonial discourse and really? people hope that, yeah, they hope that after the uh, renovation that you know, there would be a more skeptical, a more critical attitude towards all the Belgian practices in Congo, but the museum did not quite meet all of its wishes, yeah. which indicates how the Belgians struggle to let go of yeah. that colonial discourse. But so then what changed exactly in the museum? So there are a lot of things that changed in the museum. The focus is now much more on art. So there is contemporary Congolese art in the museum. When you walk in, there is a, a huge... Uh, piece of art, which is a very um, major, which is in fact a major improvement because, well, you have to keep in mind that the Belgians didn't see the Congolese as actual people, let alone that they regard them as um, being able to perform art or to create art. So to have a, a Congolese uh, artwork 
in the like entrance hall of the museum. That's already a major imp improvement. But many things stayed the same. There is a room in the museum in which all the names of the Belgian victims, so white Belgian victims in Congo, are listed. But there is no mentioning of Congolese victims yeah. or such. Wow. Well, isn't it a good thing that the government is already taking action? It is a good thing that the government is taking action. And the African Museum really opened the whole discussion of the Congolese past. But, you know, the problem is much bigger than, than that. Especially there is a strange paradox in the Belgian public sphere in which there are, on the one hand, you have this African Museum slowly but sadly trying to portray guilt on the Belgian side but then on the other hand you have if you travel like 100 kil kilometers or so there are statues from King Leopold II who's being glorified as a emperor as a leader there's even a statue of him in Austin in which he is surrounded by I believe it are naked Congolese people who um, that have their hands cut off so yeah that's that's the kind of strange strange uh, thing in the Belgian public sphere, and it shows that the African Museum is not the only thing that needs that needs to be retold and needs to be a bit reanalyzed. Well, that's really interesting, and I, I'm very curious. And I know I'm, I'm American, so I don't know a lot of things about it. But before we move forward, um, let's uh, take a break. And an another song from my list is uh, "Eels." Like I like birds. We'll see you in a bit. I can't look at the rocket launch The trophy wives of the astronauts And I won't listen to their words Cause I like birds
welcome back. Thank you so much for listening again. And you are listening on The Voice uh, Radio Scorpio 106 FM. The Voice. Welcome <laughs> back, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Marie. And I'm really curious. Um, I think, what did we lap up? Is it a good thing that the government is already taking action? Um, yes, it is a good thing. But I think I already mentioned before the song that the problem is much bigger. Um, because, you know, on the one hand, you have all these... Um, we have all these improvements with the Africa Museum, but on the other hand, there are still many statues of um, King Leopold II who is being glorified. So that's the paradox in the Belgian public sphere. Yeah. Well, that's good then. Um, well, uh, okay, sorry. It's not a good thing. It's just it's a ha- sad history, isn't it? It is a, a very sad history, and it's a history that not many Belgians, you know, are no. very aware of or... Really? Well, then how are people all, how are people or the Belgians reacting to this? Well, that's the kind of strange thing because there's, there are not many Belgians that are actively involved in the discussion as far as I know. Um, because that's mainly because at school we don't, there is not much attention to the whole Congolese past or the whole Congolese story. Um, in fact, yeah, we don't learn it that in, in that much detail and if we and if it is mentioned at school it is always the whole colonial um, past is always portrayed in like a European narrative like all European countries did it so Belgium eventually had to go along with it and then but uh, is that in, in different Congo. parts of Belgium as well that history I mean it's I would say personally so having been raised in Belgium too I guess it very much depends on the school of kind of books you will use to, to get taught uh, because I would say in my school we did teach it quite a lot uh, I guess it might depend on which narrative because I was in private education maybe public education is different there might be differences uh, on that part I don't know how you feel about it Marie there might be cer- certainly differences but uh, I, I mean in my education at, at high school we I mean, we discussed it like only like two lessons or, or so. I mean, if you compare it to the discussions of the Holocaust, you know, we spent yeah, an entire year or mm-hmm. maybe two years, like the de- very detailed discussions on the Holocaust, which is actually quite strange that we don't acknowledge this Belgian guilt. Because if you, I mean, if you look at, at numbers, um, King Leopold II has a lot more victims under his name than Adolf Hitler, to be honest. Yeah. So it's it's really time That's that true. we face this, um, yeah. well, this dark page. There's another question I want to ask. Like the uh, community of Congolese origin in Belgium, how's that? Well, it's a rather large ethnic minority, I would say, in Belgium. Um, and they definitely feel the urge to be more involved in this discussion because they haven't they haven't had a voice in the whole debate and their opinion wasn't asked or so and they are also increasingly showing criticism on all the uh, statues of King Leopold II in the Belgian public sphere. Um, so yeah, they definitely want to participate on a, mo- on a more intense level and more directly. Really? That's really... Uh, it's so much. There's so much to see, uh, to learn about it and it's something that I think for us international students 
would like to know because especially they're living here right yeah yeah definitely and especially when you look at other european countries like france and the uk also have a colonial past um so it's important that we acknowledge that and that we actually give it attention not only in our education but also the way we i mean when we go to museums or for this kind of things um It's uh, it's an interesting experience, I think, to go to that museum in Brussels. The one used to be a museum in Africa, and now it changed. I went to the previous exhibition. Uh, I would be curious to see how it changed, really. Uh, there have been a lot of involvement from um, Belgian, from Congolese descent, who worked on the museum. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really great. Uh, I hope there was a lot of cooperation into this work, because it's yeah. um, both sides need to be involved to see how they together look at the coming narrative, the yeah. historical narrative they want to have. That's true. But then, uh, Marie, how do you feel personally? And that's like, what's your opinion about this? Well, I personally feel like the whole African Museum is a good thing. It's, it's a good start, I w would say. It's a good start to um, open the discussion and really look at it from a critical, a skeptical eye. But yet, on the other hand, there should be more attention for the whole Congolese past because, I mean, in education, there's as much attention as to the Holocaust or World War World War Two, and it should also be really portrayed as a Belgian responsibility and not as a part of a European um, narrative. And the Congolese should definitely be have should definitely have a voice in the whole debate. Yeah. I mean that's for for sure. And they are still waiting for an official Belgian response and Bishop Belgian apology for the Congolese genocide because you can call it the genocide, I guess, because there. More than five million victims, or, or so, yeah. and maybe the time has come that that we have have to come to general awareness and an adequate response from the Belgian government, from the Belgian pu public, because you no, know, let's not forget Congo has only become independent from 1960, though the memory is still very fresh. This is very raw, and the impact is still visible today in in Congo as the country is still struggling. So it's not too late for Belgium to react and to show responsibility and guilt. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And I'm really curious about uh, all this. And I'm definitely uh, interested more in hearing about this. But thank you again. Thank you, Marie. It thank you. Uh, thank it's you not over yet. Thank you for that's, coming, Marie. Thank, thank you. Thank you. But it's not over yet. Before we go to our next guest, he says another song from our from my list, Bullet in the Target by Citizens Cope. We'll be right back. Another sister shooting hair around Damaris Amputees and free time Sierra Leone's The church wasn't honest The state put the youth in a harness Creating hostility among us The teacher said no college Still kid gotta get a check for a couple commas People wanna bomb us More people gotta scatter and run from us It on Zeus and Apollo and Adonis But what you done here Is put yourself between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before You're pulling yourself away But what you done here Is put yourself between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before You're pulling yourself away Hey, 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 hey,
for years She got dark, dark wavy hair Well, her voice that she just don't care She got a skirt with an oven top She got a daddy never gave her She drink a beer with a monster shot She got knocked up in a pickup truck She got engaged when she was 19 To this dude who was acting insane Had a 45 that he always claimed She said one day, one day, one too many days Now we up that she ran away Never to be heard from, never to be seen I took the cover of a magazine I'm just wondering how, just wondering how What you done is Put yourself between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before You putting yourself away What you done is Put yourself between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before You putting yourself away Between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before You're pulling yourself away What you done is Put yourself between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before You're pulling yourself away Thank you so much. You are listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Thank you, Marie, again. It was really an uh, interesting topic uh, from uh, from her point of view. And Absolutely. It's really nice to uh, hear that. Yeah, what? well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, here you're here with Alexia and Ron. Uh, we'll be continuing our budget special today by tackling one of the most interesting and intricate topics of this country, uh, which is its politics. With the upcoming Belgian federal elections in May, these Belgian citizens will be voting to determine which parties they wish to see in the federal government for the next five years. And as you will hear, our country, a uh, beautiful country, may be a small one, but it definitely does not equal with simplicity. It doesn't so, mean it's small. It doesn't mean, you know, it, it's, it's not as effective in the world. Uh, absolutely. You know, we go for quality above quantity in our country. That's, that's what we go for. Uh, but luckily, everybody, uh, I have with me a dear guest which will be able to enlighten us for the next uh, 15 minutes, uh, the dear Domin Vitel. Hi. Hi. So, Domin, you're from Western uh, Flanders and you have completed yeah. a bachelor's in political sciences mm -hmm. at Cary last year. And now you're completing a master in comparative and international politics. Yeah, that's Correct, right. right. Yeah. So, you'll be telling us more about Belgian politics 
today and thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here, yeah. So let's start with our first uh, topic, our first question. This is for you. So Belgium is a federal state, right? Divided over three <laughs> different regions and three different communities, all under one uh, national federal government. Could you give us some explanation on this structure? Yeah, so uh, today we actually have Belgium as a federal state mm -hmm. and we, underneath that federal state, we actually have three regions and three communities. And there is actually a small, uh, there is actually a big difference between those regions and those communities because they have different competences. The regions, they're dealing with like uh, more economic issues. Mm -hmm. And then we also have the communities. And those are actually dealing with uh, sociological and cultural issues like with uh, culture and education, language and other stuff. And we have on one side, we have the, the Flemish, uh, Flemish region and right. uh, Walloon region and also the Brussels capital region. Mm -hmm. We have for our capital special stature and besides of this we also have the French community and uh, uh, the French-speaking community the Flemish community and also the German-speaking community yeah. so small country but very difficult <laughs> yeah yeah that's true right? it's, it's quite technical yeah so can you explain just a little bit how this uh, structure plays a role in the f coming federal elections Yeah, well, um, on the one side we have uh, in Flanders that we can vote actually in the elections for Flemish politicians. Okay. And on the other side in Wallonia they can actually only vote for Wallonian uh, politicians. So we actually have this split up between those regions. So we, we are actually going to vote for a federal uh, for a federal government, for a federal uh, parliament, but uh, we can only vote for our own politicians. So we can we cannot vote for somebody in Wallonia. Ah, I see. So it's really separate. And people from Brussels also vote uh, separately from the Flemish yeah. and the Walloons, right? Yeah, they also have their own. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. So, well, in that sense, um, traditionally, so when we have governments that are coalition governments, right? Because politicians come from different parts of the country, as you just explained. Mm -hmm. um, so can you give us a little bit more insight into that? So traditionally, for which parties do the Flemish vote? And what about the Walloons into there? Yeah, well, there's quite some difference actually between Flanders and Bologna because traditionally we see that in, in Flanders most people uh, are actually voting in center or they're actually voting to the right. Uh, or, and uh, we also have a very strong movement, actually a nationalist um, Flemish movement, and this is also right-wing orientated. Well, on the other side, on the uh, in Bologna, we actually see that there is traditionally also a strong position of the labor unions. Mm -hmm. And we actually see that most people there are actually more oriented to the left. So many people there are actually voting for the Socialist Party and even nowadays for the Communist Party. So it's going to be very uh, interesting because on the one side we have this nationalist right wing and right. on the other side it's more left wing. So how are they actually going to cooperate with each other? Yeah, it's been difficult in the past already, if I'm yeah. not wrong. Uh, the coalition government is, has always been quite an issue uh, within Belgium. Uh, there were also a time where we had no federal government, yeah, right? For a very long time, yes, yes. We actually uh, also were for a, for a short time actually in the Guinness Book of Records because we had the longest uh, formation of a of a new government oh, yeah. I think What? it lost I've never it. seen that <laughs> yeah uh, it was super long we're so proud of it <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah Yeah, yeah, well, because it did quite last a long time before they could agree on a coalition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah let's hope this next time it doesn't last as long. I, I really hope too. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, well, next to that, what are the, uh, the main parties in, in, in Flanders, very quickly, and uh, on, in Wallonia? So, what are the, mm -hmm. what are the name 
But I, well, the political party, so we have in, in Flanders, we have in the first place, we have just the Catholic party, the Flemish Catholic party, mm -hmm. which is actually centered. And then we also have liberal political party. We have the nationalist right wing uh, Flemish party. Then we also have more to the extreme and another nationalist Flemish party. And then to the left, we also have this socialist party and we also have the Green Party and we also have a communist party. Oh. In Bologna, we also see a little bit of the same, but we have the Liberal Party and there we also have Socialist Party, a Community Party, a Green Party, a Catholic Party. But there, there is actually no real like nationalist movement yes. like we have in, uh, in Flanders. Well, see, that's, that's what I'm actually wondering about. So how can we explain these differences in voting patterns between Flanders and Wallonia, mm -hmm. for example? So Flanders being more right-wing, let's say, and Wallonia being more left-wing. Could you give us a little bit of explanation on that? Um, well, <laughs> we could talk about it like for hours. You we know, don't have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, very briefly, it's just uh, in Flanders, we're actually right-wing orientated because Uh, there was also uh, always actually uh, strong support for the Catholic Party. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, actually, in Bologna, there was also uh, always a strong support more for the trade unions and with all the, the, the miners also in the past. Uh, the mines were very important in Bologna and traditionally they're voting there to the left. Oh, see. Thank you very much. Oh, let's take a break. And this is Well Respected Man by The Kinks. Cause he gets up in the morning And he goes to work at nine And he comes back home at 5.30 Gets the same train every time Cause his world is built on punctuality It never fails And he's all so good And he's all so fine And he's all so healthy In his body and his mind Well-respected man about town Doing the best things so conservatively And his mother goes to meetings While his father pulls a maid And she stirs a tea with counselors While discussing foreign trade And she passes looks as well as bills That every suave young man And she's all so good And he's all so fine And he's all so healthy In his body and his mind He's a well-respected man about town Doing the best thing so But his mother knows the best about the matrimonial snakes Cause he's all so good And he's all so fine And he's all so 
You are listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is your co-host, Alexia. I'm here with the host, Ron, and with Dominutain. And we're talking about Belgian politics. So we are continuing our interview on the elections and on the general differences between the different parts of Belgium. Uh, Domin, I would really much uh, like you for you to explain us a little bit more, more sorry, about the differences between Flemish and Walloons. It's a very mm-hmm. controversial topic, but on the other side, I think it's a really interesting for us to communicate about it. So, um, as a Flemish, how do you experience the political and the cultural differences between Flemish and Walloons? Mm. Yeah, well, actually, nowadays, I, I don't know, but actually for me, for, uh, as a university student, I really have the feeling that it's it's mostly here in Belgium that we're living a little bit apart from each other, a little bit like you ha- you're having like two democracies in one country. Yeah. Be- because I'm going to university in, in Leuven, mm-hmm. Dutch-speaking university, but on the other side we also have this, the French-speaking universities for everything in French. But we also listen to uh, different radio uh, stations. We also watch uh, different uh, TV channels. Yeah. Uh, we uh, read different books and other languages. And uh, and also maybe later on, when I ever get married, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the thing that you actually see that between Flanders and Wallonia, there is actually not a lot of um, not a lot of marriages. There are actually n- not many Flemish people and Wallonian people who get married. Yeah, interregional marriages are pretty rare, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are pretty rare in Belgium. I think it's. I, I heard somewhere that it's only like one or two percent of all the marriages yeah. in Belgium. I was quite astonished actually that it was only that low. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean. Um, it's, it's true that we kind of live next to each other rather than together, sadly, I would personally say. But mm-hmm. I guess some people don't share that opinion, right? We have some separatists um, in the country. Actually, a growing proportion, uh, I would say. More on the Flemish side right, than on the Wallonian side. Yeah, on the, on, on the Wallonian side, there's not really a, a big movement which is actually playing for uh, an independent Wallonia or Wallonia that should uh, should go with uh, with France but uh, actually in, in Flanders we see that we have just uh, the new Flemish alliance mm-hmm. nationalist uh, right-wing uh, party political party and besides of this we also have uh, just the Flemish movement which is also a nationalist but more very more extreme yeah. right-wing uh, political party in Flanders so there's a really movement actually in Flanders which is actually in first place asking for more competences to Flanders mm-hmm. because they want to change things in, in Belgium. The, and then there is actually also a part which which actually really want independence, which really want independence of Flanders. Right. But if I'm not mistaken, lately they've changed their statement from uh, pure separation to confederalism. Um, I mean, the effects would be still tremendous, uh, but it's an interesting discussion to have. Um, what would you feel about a possible, uh, you know, as a Belgian and as a Flemish Belgian, how would you feel about, you know, a possible confederalism or separation mm-hmm. of Belgium? Well, I'm not really in favor of separation of Belgium. Okay. I, I think it's really not necessary, but how things are actually going on today in Belgium, I think there should be actually a big change because you, you should, there are a lot of situations actually where it's it, it's quite biz- bizarre because, um, uh, for example, if you're like uh, like building a hospital and you want to furnish the hospital room and you need hospital beds and equipment, then you actually need the Flemish government and the federal government 
or uh, another example, um, uh, if you're having the driver's license, mm -hmm. then you have the exam centers, and that is actually Flemish. But then when you're getting your driver's license, like, you know, the, the card, yeah. that is actually federal. So we have a lot of examples that it's like a little bit Flemish, a little bit federal. So you would be more for a more centralized uh, kind of vision in the, in the country? Well, I'm, I'm more like that uh, that Flanders and Wallonia should actually have the um, the major part of all the competences. Ah. And then on the other side, uh, we can still do some things together. But I actually prefer like a strong Flanders and a strong Wallonia in in Belgium. I see. Yeah. Well, you know, with the coming elections now in May, um, there will be some challenges, right, with the coming elections. Um, well, how do you expect this will unfold, really? Uh, how will these mm -hmm. elections develop? What kind of debate? Will this kind of debate on communism, yeah. separatism yeah. be, you know, at the order of the day? Well, that will be a big debate, yeah. Well, in the first place, I hope that it's not going to be like a very long formation that we had in the past. Yeah. That they can find an agreement, like, as quickly uh, as possible, because we still need economic reforms and stuff. But actually, all the political parties in Flanders are actually, uh, have somewhere an agreement that things should change, that mm. there should be. But they, they can't agree at, at this moment actually how they should do it. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, that's the thing, right? We have very different visions in one and only country and we still need to work all together <laughs> to yeah. make this work and not have a coalition that is way too long to, yeah. to be formed. And I think, is it like so different, I mean, for me to learn about it, so different from the US politics? Oh yeah, very different. I know there are two different landmass. But still, and political system, and yeah, it's a whole other deal, right? In the US, exactly. And it's just surprising for me the kind of stuff that I hear now. Like even before, when I was traveling, I met someone like, yeah, we don't have a go we don't have a president or a prime minister. <laughs> they just stopped doing it. Oh, I don't know at that time, and it was it was a surprise for me. Ah, so. well, we see it still kept working because we had the as you told the regional governments, just that we didn't have a federal one. Um, so we still managed, you know. That, that's the Belgian dexterity for you. Um, just before we end up this interview with Domin, I would really like to have your insight on the following thing: that you know, looking towards the future as a Belgian citizen, what do you wish to see being accomplished in Belgium in the coming years? And basically, what are your hopes for the future <laughs> of our beautiful country? Well, in the first place, I hope for some reforms, more reforms, and then also a short government formation. But in the first place, I hope we can find very, uh, very uh, quickly an agreement and that we can still work together, uh, together Flanders and Wallonia, and uh, that um, that there should be some reforms and that we can... Uh, In which field? What kind of reform? Education, ecology, uh, well. military? <laughs> it's, so, it's so broad, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of things to do. I'm curious as well. So we'll see, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but seriously, thank you, Domian. And thanks for coming. It's really interesting yeah. to hear that, especially from a student um, background, but also your point of view. Mm -hmm. In thank political you for having science. me. Yeah. Thank you, Domian. Thank, thank you. you. And here's our next song, Against All Odds by Chase Status. We'll be right back. Chasing status. I was raised in a city. Raised in a city with no heart, where there's no heart. Stepping when it comes to me, getting at no fuss. I'm a hustler, I'm a, I'm a hustler. Raised on a battlefield, bold as a sufferer. Before I had a deal, I was still stacking deals. Get punk, sell food to the customers. Now I get love cruising in the back of the S class. Them can't move like that, you know. 
I come from where man were done, never hardly nothing You can see it in the news, I'm hardly fronting Got kids with guns in the heart of London Bulletproof vests like half a hundred That's no actors and actresses Gully round here, they can stash at them straps and mattresses Soon as you exit, stand still, you might see Always getting in trouble That's how it's always been In the city when they was out blazing the Philly I was on the five bus chasing the titties The back of the class on new bras with a stiffy Tanisha, Tessa, Leslie and Richie Look, it's a Coco world Gangsters living in a po-po world So I've been Coco with a go-go girl Escaping reality got know so well But when you're a kid you don't know no better Boys find trouble trying to find that cheddar Money breeds envy, might get set up When pockets get empty, niggas get jealous Killer them told them, boy people better And it in water, stretching that ketchup From south of the border no West and East has got around here, gotta see it to believe it. Always getting in trouble. That's how it's always been. It's because I'm a Londoner That I love London town But London's foul London's a merry-go-round A cycle of life full of ups and downs Cause up till now We can never one with the odds against us The million to one See the winter's messy But it gets silly in the sun No fight to draw the nine million is done You're listening uh, to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. And I just want to thank everyone, Domian and uh, Marie. Guys, I really appreciate you coming here today. And I really enjoyed talking with you guys and the topics that you had. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And also thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really good. And of course, Alexia, it was always nice hosting with you. It's always very nice to be your (laughs) (laughs) co-host, Right. I think, I I know, I hope I I don't bug you too much about these things because I really enjoy uh, hosting it with you. So No, no, I'm really happy to get invited. I'm really happy for our show today on the special Belgium because, yeah, we love our country, you know, and it's such a, it's such an important topic. Yeah, it's. It, I think for me, it's so interesting to know um, about these things, even though I never uh, heard it before. And it's just uh, for me, yeah, it's just amazing to learn all these things from other people as well. Yeah. And, uh, because you know, conversation-wise, I never really ask about it because mm-hmm. it never comes up in any conversations. So. Right. And I think it's also interesting to have the point of view of the Belgian students. Uh, I hope you guys did you enjoy talking about your country uh, yeah. <laughs> this afternoon. Definitely. I did. I did. <laughs> Thank you so much again. But anyway, uh, it's really nice talking to you guys. And as we leave you uh, for today, here is the last song from my list. Don't Look Back by She and Him. We are The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Have a great weekend and happy Easter. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.